This podcast is designed to inspire and propel you to a newfound level of empowerment and clarity. Through cultivating the art of thinking, you'll learn how to detangle your thought knots and train your brain to break through obstacles. You'll learn to focus on what matters most and make effective choices to become a remarkable you. Hello everyone, my name is Pamela Pitcher and welcome to my podcast. As a master of neurolinguistic programming, a motivational coach, and a hypnotherapist, I'll be sharing tips, tools, and techniques to help you awaken to the best you. In this podcast, I'm delighted to introduce you to Nadine El-Shakar from Amman, Jordan. She is an NLP trainer and coach. NLP is the behavioral science of excellence, and it's my favorite tool to work with to affect change. It's not well known in the Middle East, so she's breaking new ground, helping both adults and children attain excellence. Passionate to the core about her work, in this interview, she provides us with insights as to how she's helped others and indeed herself. I met Nadine via NLP Academy training and was taken with her enthusiasm and energy. I knew that she was one of those people who would make a positive difference in the world. She epitomizes the strength we can attain through living with diversity and challenge. I love the time I spent in Jordan a few years ago. The Dead Sea, Petra, amazing, and Wadi Rum, they were all really amazing places to visit. The trip finished with a fabulous dinner in Amman. Throughout the journey, the people were welcoming and gracious. It's definitely a country to visit when the world opens up again if you enjoy travel. In the meantime, I'm thankful to bring a little of Jordan to you and introduce you to an amazing woman, Nadine. So welcome, Nadine, and I'm honored that you've agreed to join me on my podcast, Awaken to the Best You. I'm honored to be with you today, and uh, it's an extreme honor as well. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you so much. So essentially... I see you as an NLP coach and trainer of excellence. Helping people awaken to the best versions of themselves mm-hmm. is what you do. Would, would you say that's that's right? Have yes, I got that, that right? Is, yes, uh, as an, I'm an NLP trainer and NLP coach. I've been doing it for quite a while now. Um, if people want to ask what is NLP, it's uh, tools and techniques that help you through if I want to give it a, a label in everything in life, it helped me through all the challenges that I've faced in all my life, especially uh, the downfall challenges, especially coming from um, divorced parents and uh, living with my mom, going through some challenges. And okay, my mom taught us how to be independent, but the challenges were a bit let's say, um, a bit rough. But uh, while I was learning NLP, I learned the tools and techniques how to, let's say, transform myself to looking at things in different perspective and looking at my experiences on everything that I've been through, how they made me to who I am today and how proud I am of that. Okay. How, how long ago did you learn NLP? I started learning NLP almost in 2014 or 14, 15. It was about six years ago, six or seven years ago. 
it's uh, I started at the beginning actually my friend introduced me to NLP I was going through a rough divorce and um, she's been my friend since 1991 so she suggested why don't you try taking this training course so I, I practically registered and I started going through NLP but at the beginning when I took NLP I took it for myself to work on myself, to work on my behaviors, to work on my feelings, to work on my experiences. And the result was so astonishing to me that I saw the difference in my behavior, the difference in people, uh, the difference in a lot of things that I've been through. And my perspectives and looking at things changed, which actually grown me to be stronger and wiser, I guess. So for the listeners that don't know NLP, I'm think they're probably very curious mm-hmm. as to um, how it helped you so much. And oh. um, can you give an example? Yes, so, of course. For, for sure. example, for me, when I first took neurolinguistic programming, um, I we and we worked on what was called the fast phobia cure. Mm-hmm. I, I I was amazed that I got rid of a phobia within about twenty minutes, and I just went, "There's something magical about it about, yeah. about this behavior science." So I ha- yes, of course, I have more than one experience. My first experience as well is a phobia. I was actually afraid of heights, very much afraid of heights, and my trainer worked with me on it. And practically, he uh, did the, uh, the phobia, fast phobia technique with me. And um, later in stage, I kept on training on it. I, I actually went bungee jumping and skydiving after it, which I was practically, wow. yeah, it was amazing. The, the transformation that happened was practically wow. And I kept telling myself, I've missed so much, you know, going high up, like um, hiking or uh, going on skydiving. And I missed so much because of something, of a sensation that I had of being afraid. But that was an amazing feeling. <laughs> that's an that's amazing turnaround. And I, I did jump out of an airplane once, and I know what uh, how that feels <laughs> when you're just hanging there at the door about to yeah. jump out <laughs> the airplane. And um, that is feet, a, yeah. Yeah, that's a really magnificent result. And another uh, experience that uh, through, I've been married twice. Uh, first time was for quite a long time and the second time was a short time um, so they were uh, practically experiences that uh, let's say um, the second relationship was sort of a battered relationship um, he was a, he was a good person but at the same time he was a control f- uh, person who likes to control everything I'm the man of the house mm-hmm. So um, I realized that this is not what I wanted. And um, during, the, during my, my second marriage, um, I kept on working through myself to be patient. And I, at that time, I was a practitioner as an NLP. And I started working on tools and techniques, how to change my behavior, to calm myself down, to know how to react, to know how to behave. And um, later in stage, um, I asked for a divorce and it worked out and I worked through that. And then I continued with my education with the master practitioner of NLP. And then I did my trainer's training and then the trainer's training in new code. And um, I'm 
practically astonished with the results that I'm getting because I actually practice and train myself every day on everything that I do. And I change, for instance, one of the things that I thought was not a good or not a healthy uh, behavior was my voice. I used to have, a, I have a very high pitch voice and I, when I answer or when I scream or most of it is a high pitch and very high voice and everybody used to get, let's call it offended. So I worked on that and practically it changed a lot uh, from my reaction and people's reaction changed towards me. Uh, the second part was um, when I was I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid. So ADHD is a person who cannot focus, who cannot stay in one place, and it's uh, I think you know what ADHD is. Mm -hmm. So during my courses of taking NLP, I started working on it, and I realized that um, by applying the the, the tools and the techniques that I've taken. I've changed so much that I've become more calm. I can actually sit in one place without keep on moving all the time. Um, my voice is uh, lower than it was. And my behavior changed. My focus is so much better. And that's all because of the NLP. Now, NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, it's tools and techniques that helps you change your lifestyle, change your life into a better one. That's well, your voice goodness. doesn't sound high at all, so <laughs> that definitely worked. And I, I'm just really curious, because um, there's a lot of people who cannot focus out there in the world. Was it one particular technique that helped you focus, or was it uh, better, um, or was it a combination? Okay, it was a combination, but my favorite technique was to work on myself was the timeline, the spatial timeline one, actually. Uh, it's um, it's how you uh, put your timeline in front of you, you go through it, you go through the experiences, you work on the resources, you establish yourself in the past, the present and the future. You, you see the changes in your timeline and you realize the empowerment that you're getting, going through till you reach the future. It's an amazing tool that helped me a lot in uh, transforming and looking at my experiences that I've been through, instead of looking at them as negative and um, bad way, let's say, and uh, looking at them as, um, or looking at them as um, a bad experience, I started looking at them as empowering because if it wasn't for these experiences, I wouldn't have been who I am today. I'm more empowered, I know how, better how to take decisions, how to work, how to behave. These experiences that I've been through have given me so much that it has brought me to who I am today with much more experiences, much more uh, more perspectives in looking at things, give, uh, accepting others, accepting myself, loving myself, knowing who I am. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking that um, I, I like to think of life as, as sort of the mosaic of life. When I look back at experiences, I think, what an interesting mosaic. And yeah. I think the more things that happen to you, even if it is negative, um, just adds color and flair and wisdom. And uh, I think one of the important things to say about the timeline is because I've had clients who've had traumatic experiences and I've wanted to do some timeline work and perhaps it's the way I've described it, but they, they say to me, I don't want to relive that trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to say that 
you're not reliving it, you're observing it. Would you yes. say that? Yeah, there'll be a, the timeline is when is the best is a good technique or tool that I use. When you observe it, you observe it from a different perspective. Going, seeing your timeline for, from another point of view, or like seeing it as another person, changes how you look at it. Uh, gives it doesn't. Sort of the sensations is not there. If you're looking at it as a different person, you're gonna look at it and see how you can solve it, see what you can do about it, how you can empower yourself. Um, it's going to third and realizing that uh, wait, this experience happened, and this is A ABC happened. So I can know and understand that I behaved or this person behaved this way because it was appropriate at that time. Now I know that because I did this, I next time I can do much better. So the perspective changes for the person to look at things and to hear them and to feel them. Yeah, and it's, for the listener, sorry, go ahead, finish. And it's a very, very uh, strong tool that helps people get through a lot of things. I had a lot of um, clients I worked with. Some of them used to get stuck. So the best part about it is that when you talk to them and you tell them, look at yourself in the future, look where you are now, look what you've accomplished, look what you have done. That happened. And then they, uh, the changes that they see, and then they just jump out of it and they look at it and they're like, yes, I've become who I am today because of this. And they keep on walking and they see their timeline and they change their perspective and looking at it. And it makes them like my, my clients mostly come out of it and they smile. They're like, thank you. It's, it's very powerful. It, it, I realized that I'm much more stronger than I was before. And that's really, really, uh, I'm proud of that. And it helped me. So I know it can help a lot of people. Yeah, you should be proud of it. Just, um, I'll just mention when Nadine talks about third. Yeah, there's uh, that's working with perceptual positions. So yes, first position, position. Yeah, first position is me, me myself and I. Second position is the other person. So in this in this conversation, you are my, you're the second position. Person, and the third yeah. is the observer. Yeah. Um, we can say a stranger just coming in between and looking at some um, an, an event that is happening and they're just looking at something that's new to them or it's just happening, but they're not related to it, let's call it. Yeah, and I like to think of observe or observer as my inner monk because it's kind of a Zen <laughs> position, isn't it, sort of looking. But it's a great way to diffuse emotion. Yeah, it's true. It's just a great... You disassociate with your feelings. Yeah, so you can great. see it from a different perspective. It takes you to being another person who can actually see the uh, situation and think clearly on what to do next, how to behave, so that you can come up with a better result, with a better positive result in some way. So I'd like to give the listeners a little bit more insight into you. Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit about your background. So you presently reside in a mom, Jordan, yes. but, but you told me that you've lived in a number of countries. So can you share a bit of your journey with us? Sure. Um, okay. I was born in Kuwait. I lived there for a while until my parents got divorced. And then I moved up with my mom for about a couple of years until I graduated from school. I finished college and then I traveled to Lebanon. I studied there and I got married. 
and then we moved to Africa, West Africa, that's um, Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Central Africa, Congo, and uh, there was uh, Ethiopia. We've been all around Africa almost, and I worked there for a while. Uh, I loved it. And then after I finished from Africa, uh, I w we went to the Gulf area where uh, I worked there for like about four or five years. And then I got a, um, we got a divorce. <laughs> and uh, then I started, I practically I started working with NLP back then. And uh, after that, I started traveling. I went uh, all around. I used to travel a lot with my family, with my mom, especially uh, to England. My sister used to study there. And uh, later in stage, um, I started like, uh, let's say, I started studying and finishing my education in different fields. Part of it was NLP. While I was in Qatar, I started studying NLP and practical, like, um, practic just doing, working on myself. And then after a couple of years, I remarried and then I got a divorce again. And uh, I continued with my education. I traveled again and I, I continued my education with NLP until I became a trainer. While during that time, I started realizing I started helping people. Well, I helped people before, but um, <clears throat> dealing with people was part of my job as a marketing manager and as an advertising agency. So um, I started working with other people and helping them in their personal and professional life using NLP, which practically uh, wowed me on how um, it successfully helped them. So that's the part when I realized that I want to continue with this. I want to help people with NLP, using NLP. So that's after I finished my um, new code in, uh, in the NLP, I decided to come back home to Amman, Jordan and reside here and start helping people. And that's what I've been doing since then, which has been very successful. People have been astonished with uh, NLP. It wasn't very well known here. And uh, mostly they related to um, life coaching or uh, let's say uh, relationship coaching but during my work i i started um giving more awareness on what nlp is that it's tools and techniques that helps you to get to where you want to go now um it's been challenging but it's been successful and i'm very proud of helping a lot of people here i'm getting there but it needs still a little more time <laughs> That's well, it. you have such you have such passion for it that I, I I'm, I'm certain that you will uh, grow that market in the Middle East. So, um, how do, how does I mean you've lived in so many places, places mm -hmm. I've I've never been, and I've traveled a lot. But, uh, <laughs> um, how how does that diverse living experience helped you as a coach and trainer? Um, okay, it helped me in seeing and living things in different perspectives, seeing different cultures, uh, seeing how they live, how what they do, how it gave me different kind of perspective on looking at things. You know, when you live, when you, you know, the horses in England, when they put the, they cover their eyes to look on mm -hmm. one, yeah. It's like they removed these covers and it made me realize that no matter what we go through life, 
um, we have so many choices that we can do. And we, and now I understand that no matter what choice I take, these choices uh, have uh, a result. And it made me more aware on how to pick my choices, how to get to what I want to do. The best part about it is that if something doesn't work, I know I have an alternative, another way to do it. It gave me inspiration. Okay, this doesn't work this way, it's fine. I can do it in another way, I can learn. If I don't know how to do this, I can learn to do it in another way. So it gave me much more, um, let's say, uh, openness on learning new things. When I traveled a lot, I started learning a lot of things. When I lived in Africa, I started learning about plants that I've never seen before. And I started going to tribes and asking them, like asking people, what does this plant do? What does... And I actually, um, I wrote three books about plants and they're actually in Amazon. I, I, Did you? I, yeah. You want to tell, tell us the names of your books? Yes. Um, they're called uh, Herbs and Plants, The Usage and Description of them. Uh, there are three books. One of them is the Middle, Middle Eastern Remedies. I also, um, when I was living in Lebanon, I met this very elderly guy who was living in a very old, uh, let's say, um, village. And he uh, had this very old book, I remember. And I was talking about plants and when I was living in Africa. And he came up to me with a book that was written by a monk about in the 1800s. And I looked at the book and I was quite astonished. It's very old. And I looked at him and he said, um, if you like, you can have it. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want it. It's not mine. Uh, can I take it? Uh, I actually fixed the book. I photocopied it and I gave it back to him, but I still have a copy of it. And every now and then I read about it. I, it gave me a chance when I lived in Africa to learn something new, like plants, what they do, what, how we can help people with plants, you know, herbs. Yeah. And so you're an herbalist as well, <laughs> an NLP trainer. Yeah. And uh, partially when I lived in the Gulf area, uh, I'm a person who likes to paint a lot and draw. So practically when I lived in the Gulf, I lived in Qatar mostly. Uh, I started drawing and painting and I realized that I loved it. And that's when I started like... Um, uh, painting people, landscapes, portraits, and um, during, for instance, my uh, my sister, uh, my friend got married. I drew a portrait of her and I gave it as a present, and they still hang it in their house. So that gave me another thing to learn. So what I'm saying is that during the diversity of traveling and learning and seeing new things, it taught me that I can learn a lot of things in life. When you think you can't do something, no, you can. When you work on it, you can do anything. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like, you know, you clearly have taken responsibility for your choices. And mm -hmm. a, a lot of people don't. I mean, it still amazes me that a lot of people think they just go along in life and they let life happen to them. Mm -hmm. um, but it truly is life changing when you realize you do have a choice. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about NLP, too, is that sort of a premise is there is no mistakes, really. Mistakes are learning experiences. Yes, exactly. You know, so you really do bring a rich and diverse background to, to what you do. Yeah, and the best part about NLP, I remember my trainer when he said, listening from the top, a lot of people in my culture, they, they uh, how do they say this? 
they uh, love their privacy. They don't like people knowing about them. So the best part about NLP when you're working with someone, there are no details. You don't need to listen to details. You don't need to listen to their stories. We work with them by using their senses, by their body language, how they use the language, how they use their eyesight, how what we don't listen to the details so we don't invade their privacy. And that is the best part. And that's mostly the best part when I'm working with clients that they're happy about. There are no invading to privacy. It's yeah, isn't that one the top? It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, love- I love it. A lot of people can't understand, certainly the ones I've worked with, they, they tell me everything and I, you know, I don't want to be rude, so I, try, I just want to say, I don't need to know this at all, really. But, yeah, I can understand. But I, think, but I know, I think it, just in the West, it, talk therapy, you know, people yeah. think, oh, talk there and talk it out. Now, I've had myself talk mm-hmm. therapy. Um, which I think is good to a certain extent to get your emotion out, talk to somebody who doesn't know you can be very objective. Uh, but NLP actually brings tools to make lasting, sustained change yeah. and, and stop talking about it yeah. and, and do something about it, which, um, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I need to, I need to find a way to tell people to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, one of, uh, my clients was a type of a person who um, I don't want to be uh, rude, but she doesn't stay quiet. She just keeps on talking and talking and talking and, talk- and doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. So my solution or what I did was I looked at her and I looked, listen, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. When you're done talking and you want to listen, tell me. I got up. <laughs> I went up. I got a cup of coffee. And I, and then she came back running. She's like, look, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll listen. I'll listen. So I put the cup of coffee down and I started working with her. And of course, through the unconscious, but it it was amazing. It was one of the, uh, let's say the strategies that I used when someone talks a lot (laughs) and doesn't stop. I'm going to remember that one. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a difficult time in the world right now, isn't it? With this. Uh, pandemic and um, life is just not as we knew it six months ago. So what advice would you give to anyone struggling at, at this time? Now, the advice that I give, uh, okay, uh, patience. We are, um, okay, every mountaintop, uh, you, there's the challenge of climbing it to get to the top, to get to where you want to go. It's like you're climbing the mountain and you're trying to reach the top, but your leg slips, but it's okay. You can still do it. So being patient, breathing, taking time, planning, that is part of life in my perspective. And taking the time to reach the top, to reach to where you want to go, that's part of it, is planning and being patient. It's okay to feel fed up sometimes. It's okay to cry. It's okay to uh, feel like... um, you are not going to, to get there. It's okay, but don't give up because you can. In life, how else will we learn if we don't face these challenges? When we face these challenges, we know that later in stage, they will give us the experience to move forward. Everything that we go through life are steps. They're stepping stones to get to where we want to go. If we learn from them and look at them as they are empowering us to get to where we want to go, we'll get there. 
but plan, be patient, and take your time and breathe because everything has a solution, especially now in the COVID times. Mm -hmm. If we are patient with ourselves and patient with others, we treat ourselves with kindness and treat others with kindness. We read more, we can learn more, we can understand more who we are. You know the saying that says, if I don't love myself, how will I love other people? So I can mm -hmm. learn to love myself, learn who I am, learn where I want to go. That's part of life. It's a journey. It's an adventure. We have the patience to, it's okay. It's a time that we're going to climb the mountain. It's going to take time, but in the end, we'll reach the top. In my yeah, life. and I think, it, uh, thank you. And I think it's certainly in my lifetime. It's the first time I've seen, actually, we have a global issue to deal with. Yeah. Uh, um, I do think we will emerge from better it. from it. You know, yeah. it's bringing me a lot. Just, just if I think about just the um, you know ecology, how not having so much traffic and whatnot is, you know, the air is cleaner and and Mother Nature is taking cleaner. its course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's fish coming back where they haven't been before, mm. and that kind of thing. So I'll just, tell you something. During the COVID nineteen, I live in the city. I woke up, I, I mostly wake up every morning on the sound of birds, dogs, cats, and uh, a lot of them. And now before, during, uh, before the COVID-19, we used to hear honking cars and trucks and, you know, city life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you hear is cats and dogs and animals and uh uh, birds every morning at six o'clock in the morning I can hear the birds on my window standing there and like tweeting all the time it's beautiful it's really it amazing is, that, is, that is beautiful and there's a lot of people in Amman what's the population of Amman it's almost 10 million now yeah in uh, Jordan in general and Amman I don't know it's about maybe five or six yeah, it's big. I've been there once. It's a it's a big city, so it's yeah. not great that you've got the birds waking you up. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, so as we know, a great way to um, change is mm -hmm. to mo is to model other people who we aspire to to be like. Yes, uh, because you know, I guess with NLP, we would say if that person's doing well at public speaking or well at writing or drawing or whatever we just simply have to model what they're doing mm -hmm. to acquire those skills so and we all learn from example so can you briefly share a story about a client and how you help them change for the better and of course not mentioning any names of course uh, uh, I have a couple I'll tell you about uh, a case that I was given a couple of years ago, a boy, he was about, I think, 11 or 12 years old. His mom calls me up and she says, please, I really need your help. My son doesn't listen to us. He doesn't do his homework. He's uh, very much whenever we ask him anything, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Uh, and uh, he doesn't help with the home chores, nothing. So I told her, I asked her if I can meet her and her husband and her kid together so I can study the case. Now, um, the technique that I used, I remember uh, we were, we were uh, actually some, uh, in the training course, I think, either in the training course, they, were, they gave it to us as an example. So I used it in, one of, in this case. So they came over and I sat with the family 
and uh, they started the parents started giving negative feedback on he doesn't do this he doesn't do that so my question was to the to the boy i asked him i asked him what is the most thing you love you love to do or like in life and he said cars so i said okay that's pretty nice uh, what type of cars do you like i asked him a couple of questions and i asked his parents a couple of questions later in stage uh the next day i asked him to come over and uh, i gave i gave the boy um uh, a, a question sheet and i asked him if he would uh, return it to me by asking 120 people by answering the questions he looked at the paper and he started jumping up and down it was all about cars Okay, I was going to say, how do you, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get a young boy to go interview yeah. 120 people? Yeah, 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 and he asked me, where am I supposed to go? I'm like, you go to school. He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, you can ask your friends, you can ask your teachers, you can ask your parents, you can ask your family. And he's like, okay. In three days' time, he came back, but he gave me 90 pages, 90 papers. I'm like, oh, it's all right. I gave him another uh, set of questions, but the set of questions, let's say, they were about cars, but at the same time, they were unconsciously giving him the perspective of uh, uh, approaching things in a different way, let's say. Can you you tell uh, us one of the questions that... Oh, wow, it's been... Okay, one of the questions was, uh, if I recall... Um, if you had to choose between uh, Mercedes, which was owned by a very rich man, or a Lada, which was owned by your best friend, uh, which one would you choose? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you understand. You understood what. Okay. And anyway. so getting getting to getting to think about values. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Values and yeah. There were different kinds of questions there. So he took the paper in three days' time he came back. I asked him for ninety copies at that time. He came back with hundred and twenty. But during this time, I also sat with him. I gave him sessions with his family and everything. After a couple of weeks, his mom calls me up and she says, I want to thank you so much. You helped him so much. Uh, now, whenever we ask him anything, he goes up, look, look, let me let me go check. Let me go check. And he goes and he researches. He helps with the house chores. He doesn't answer back. He like he he loves joining us in a home time and with the family. He sits with us. And she's like, thank you so much. You helped us so much. And all I did was, well, apply some NLP techniques and some tasks. And it mm-hmm. was as simple as that. But it was beautiful. And I was so proud of him. And I was so proud of the results and how successful it was. That was one of the major um, cases that I really love. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. So have you worked more with children yeah. quite a bit then? Uh, yes, I did actually work with a couple of uh, children, some with autism, some with depression, some a bit like uh, the most hectic case with suicidals and addicts, but it was very successful and I'm very, very proud of them and how it came better. I have another uh, case that I really love as well. They're good friends of mine. Uh, my friends, they met, she's from a foreign country and he's from the Middle East and they got married and they started having these, uh, let's say miscommunication and they were arguing all the time. So she calls me up and she's like, please, can you help us? 
So I'm like, sure. So I sat with them and I realized something. It was the miscommunication. Okay, it might be silly, but the silliest thing was the words that the, he used were misinterpreted by her and the words she used were misinterpreted by him. You know, that's not silly at all because even though I'm Canadian and I speak English, my husband is British and he speaks English. It was the first two years of our marriage. Every week we said something to each other that we didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. We all speak English, but it's very, very different very, depending yeah. on where you're from. Yeah. So, so it makes for a lot of misunderstandings. Exactly. Yes. The misinterpretation. Um, and I worked with them and practically now, thank God, they have a girl and they're happy. And every now and then I call them just to check on them and they're doing very well. Thank So you help them to realize it's just, it's just <laughs> linguistics, really. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what beliefs empower you, Nadine? What beliefs give you this drive? Uh, I guess what drives me is understanding that in life we have so many things to learn. And there's this thing, you know, the more I learn, the less I know. The more, the less I know, the more I, um, the more, uh, the less I know, uh, the more I learn. The more I know, the less I learn. I've been learning so many things in life that I realized that I don't know much. And this is what's pushing me to learn more, to understand more, to keep on learning, to keep on helping, to keep on seeing things from different perspective. That quite pushes me every day and seeing different people, seeing different cases, seeing or hearing different stories or sharing or seeing different cultures and civilizations and people. It gives me the initiative to see things and to work more in understanding, I guess, to learn more. That's so what, part what, of it. Okay, yeah, um, clearly that's what you're all about. I'm just hearing such, such passion behind that. So what's next for you? <clears throat> Excuse me, I just lost my voice there. What's, <laughs> next, what's next for you then? Okay, I have, I have established a company in my, in my uh, sort of a training company in my country. An NLP actually company and my aim right now is to uh, implement the NLP tools and techniques in schools universities to uh, in companies like all over so that it can help people understand themselves more to treat to be more open to be more kind to be better to be better with yourself and to be better with others I just want to help are people. you constantly <clears throat> Sorry, are you concentrating mainly in Jordan then, or Middle East in general? But right now, with the COVID nineteen, I'm working with in, in Jordan, as well as the Middle East in you can say the Gulf areas, um, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Iraq, uh, Egypt, mostly all Middle Eastern countries plus the Gulf area. I'm working with different kind of cases, different kind of people. I'm concentrating on all of them. Uh, part of it was that I remember when we took the NLP in college in uh, Portugal, mm-hmm. and I asked John. I asked him. Uh, every country is taking NLP in their own language. My country or the Middle East is the only country that doesn't have it in their language. So he suggested he's like, why don't you translate it, work on it, and send them to us? And if they're good, we certify them, and you can give it in your own language. And that's what I did. And I'm very proud of that because now we can give it in our language. 
so that people can understand that we are all different, but we can all be uh, good at whatever we do. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I also mentioned that um, Nadine's referring to John Grinder, who was mm -hmm. um, one of the people that trained us in trainers training, and he's one of the co-founders of of neurolinguistic uh, programming, programming and a, yes. yeah, an amazing man. Yeah, a very um, amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, he's one yeah, of was, my idols, actually. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was an honor. It was an honor to work with him. With, yeah. with him, his mind was um, something to behold, really. Yes. <laughs> so, la la lastly, knowing everything that you do now. Mm -hmm. And you know a lot, even though you said you don't know much, you do know a lot. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, so lastly, knowing everything that you do now, what message do you have for your younger self? I would tell her that be, just look forward, be patient, because whatever you go through in life, learn that these are experiences or challenges that will make you or that will give you the chance to reach where you want to go. I'm very proud of who you are back then. And if it wasn't for everything that you're going through, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today. And I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of all that she's accomplishing and learning. If it wasn't for all that she's going through, I, I wouldn't have become who I am today. I'm very proud of her. And it sounds like you like who you are today. Yes. Which, it which is so important, isn't it? Yes. It took a while. You know, sometimes we go through life, let's say about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, there comes a time in our life where we just, I guess if we want to say, we don't like ourselves. So during the time... I started learning that, no, I want to learn who I want to be. I want to like myself. I want to love who I am. How will I love other people if I don't learn how to love myself? And practically, I started working on myself through the NLP, understanding myself, reading more, learning more. And uh, now I'm proud of who I am today. And in order for me to love other people, I loved myself first. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. And I like you very much too. So and I like you very much too. Pam. I really miss you. You are one of my inspirations, by the way. I oh, follow you, you all the, most of the time on your podcasts, the ones that you do, even um, your posts on Instagram. They're amazing. Thank oh, you for sharing. Thank you. thank you. Yeah, I didn't know when I decided to start a podcast that we were going to have a pandemic and it turned out to be the perfect thing to the do. Perfect time, yeah. <laughs> virtual, but, you know, so they just never know what's around the corner. And that's one of the great things in life. And so thank you so much for being my guest today. And I wish you nothing but success in the Middle East. I know you're going to change things dramatically there. Thank you, Pamela. And you are amazing. Thank you. For, I'm honored to be on your show. And I'm, thank you so much. You are an amazing woman. Amazing. You inspire me too. Thank you very thank you. much. Thank you. Please remember to subscribe and share across social media. I'd really appreciate that. And I'd also love to see your thoughts. So please send your feedback my way so I know how to help you the most. Thank you again. Ciao for now.